I've just had to start tonight's teaching again because the internet completely went. But I'm gonna I'm gonna cover some things again that I was saying because I really believe that the Spirit of God has some things that are on my heart that the body of Christ needs to hear right now. And so hopefully those people who were watching, you come back on in a minute, and we're gonna get back on. I believe that the 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 enemy. The, the, let me put it to you this way: the church is on the verge of the greatest revival the world has ever seen. The church, God is getting ready to move in his church. The glory of God is about to manifest through the body of Christ on this earth and through individual believers. But the enemy wants to stop that and he has a strategy. And so I read that scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, which says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And I showed that that the, the enemy wants to get an advantage over us. But we need, we need to recognize what the enemy is trying to do. We need to recognize his strategy. We need to realize this. And so uh, I'm just recapping a few things that I said because it's important that, that this message gets out here. I believe that the, the God is bring, bringing unity into the body of Christ in an unprecedented way in, in recent months. And the enemy has a strategy. He is afraid of what he's seeing happening in the church. And he wants to try to stop that. He wants to shut down the move of God. And if you listen to what I have to say tonight, I believe God wants to heal some people's hearts. This is a message that the Spirit of God has put on my heart specifically to speak tonight. In fact, I tried to teach on some other things. I wanted to get on with my series, but the Spirit of God really kept stirring this in my heart and kept directing me in this direction. And I spent a lot of time praying over tonight's message because I know that this is an opportunity for healing. There are areas that people have been hurt. There are people, there are Christians that have been hurt by other people. There are Christians that have been hurt by other Christians for various reasons. And I don't want to go into the reasons tonight. I want to look at the answers. But there are people who've experienced hurt uh, from other people being mistreated in another way, in, in, being mistreated in various ways. And the enemy wants to use that to bring division in the church. He wants to use that to bring division in the body of Christ and to shut down the move of the Spirit of God and what God is trying to do in the church right now. And we need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, what the Word of God has to say, and what the Spirit of God in the Word is speaking to us right now about how to deal with this situation. Let's not be, let the enemy get in to shut down the move of the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of the glory of God that is getting ready to unleash on this planet. So we were reading the context in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. The context of that verse where Paul said we must not be ignorant of Satan's devices because we don't want to get him a, a, give him an advantage over us. And uh, the context is this, that Paul is talking about a situation where an individual in the church had caused grief to the rest of the church. He had caused hurt. He had done something. And I don't want to go into what he did, but we're going to be looking at what Paul said about it. An individual in the church had hurt other members of the church. And in verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 5, Paul says, If anyone has caused grief, he's not grieved me, but all of you to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man. Now, he indicates that the church had reacted and they'd punished this man for what he had done because he had caused them grief. Now, as I said, we're the church, we're the body of Christ. We need to understand how to deal with things from a scriptural perspective. We want to hear what God has to say. The kingdom of God operates differently to the world. 
Now, it is a shame that sometimes people in the body of Christ have hurt other people and have caused some problems. But if we let that too, it can become a much bigger problem in the body of Christ and can cause division and shut down the move of God. It can hinder your prayer lives. It can shut down your prayer lives. One of the fastest things that will shut down prayer is unforgiveness that comes out of hurt from feeling someone else has hurt you and done, done wrong to you. Jesus in Mark chapter 11, 25, talked about the fact that when you stand praying, forgive. Now, we're going to cover some things, but I'm going to get into some. I'm going to really dig into this in a way that's going to touch your heart if you'll hear me tonight, because there's some specific verses the Spirit of God's given me. So he says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, if anyone has caused grief. Now, it's interesting because he doesn't talk the rest of the passage. He does not focus on the person who caused the grief. He speaks to the people who got grieved, who got hurt. He begins to speak to them and tell them how to respond to this. And I'm going to give you a wealth of scriptures on this in a minute. Okay. But he, he's, so these people have been grieved, they've been hurt. But he, say, he, he, he says in verse seven, on the contrary, you ought to rather to forgive and comfort him. Comfort the person who hurt you. That is strong. This is supernatural. This is not the natural way we respond when someone hurts us and someone does us wrong. And I understand hurt is not a nice thing. It is not nice when someone does you wrong. But this is the Bible way to respond. He says, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him. Verse 8, he says, reaffirm your love for him. He tells the ones who've been, who've been on the receiving end of the wrong to reaffirm their love for the one who did them wrong. And in verse 9, he says this, that for this for, to this end I also wrote that I might put you to the test. He says that this is a test on you, not a test on the person who did the wrong. It's a test on you. That I might put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things. Now, this is hard. And I understand there's some people who might not like what I'm, what I'm teaching on tonight might get offended. Please don't. Please don't. When I'm teaching on hurt and offense, please don't get offended. Open your heart. Hear what the Spirit of God wants to say to people right now. Because if we listen, if we hear the word of God, we, I believe we'll take a step up in the glory of God. And we will experience more of the manifestation of the Spirit of God, not less. What the enemy has tried to do to bring division and hurt in the church and in the body of Christ right now, we can put a stop to it. If we open our hearts to the word of God, not to how our minds in the natural tell us how to deal with this, how the word of God, how the spirit of God shows us to deal with this. Okay. Now he goes on in verse 10. Now whom you forgive. Now I want you to notice how many times he mentions the word forgive. Now whom you, for, no, sorry. Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Four times in one verse, he covers forgiveness. And he's already mentioned it just a verse or two before. So in context of someone hurting someone else, he speaks to the ones who got hurt and speaks about forgiveness and showing love. And in, in that context, he then goes into verse 11 and says, lest Satan should take an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So the context of the enemy getting an advantage over individuals and the body of Christ is context of an individual in the church causing someone hurt. And Paul 
encourages the path of love and forgiveness. Now, we need to understand what the supernatural love of God is. As I've said, please, some of you might have experienced hurt. Open your heart to the word of God. God's going to heal that hurt. You can hold on to that hurt for years. It can fester on the inside and it can hurt you more than you imagine. It can hurt your walk with God, your relationship with God in ways that you don't imagine. And it can shut down the move of the Holy Spirit in your life. It can shut down the power of your prayers. And all that time you're holding on you in within ourselves, in our minds and in our emotions, we feel justified to hold on to what someone else did to us. Not realizing the damage it's doing to us. Now, I'm speaking to the church, to the body of Christ. I'm not talking to the world. They have their way of dealing with things. But we as the church, we want to go the path of the word of God. We're the body, we're the body of Christ. And we serve a God as a, who is a healer. People, there is healing for hurt. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He can heal emotions. He can heal the hurt of what someone else has done for you. And people say, but, but, I, but they, need to, they need to apologize. They need to tell me they've forgiven. They need to change. Just listen, I'm going I'm to go on with some things. I'm going to cover some things. But biblical forgiveness is not based upon whether that person apologizes. Biblical forgiveness is not based upon whether the person who hurt you changes. Biblical forgiveness is something that happens between you and God, and it releases your heart and releases you for God to begin to do more in your life. See, there are two things. There are two sides to a problem. There is the person who causes the hurt. There is the response from the person who gets hurt. And both sides have the potential to create division in the body of Christ if we don't follow the word of God. Now, please understand me. Yes, people who cause hurt to other people and people in the body of Christ who cause hurt to brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, they do need to change. I'm not saying they don't need to change. They certainly need to, 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 to hear what God is saying to them and they need to hear the word of God and they need to change their heart and they need to get some things right and they need to learn how to walk in love and treat their, their brother and sister right. Yes, they do. But the person who's being hurt, the word of God also has to some, 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 some things to say to you. And that's what I'm focusing on tonight. I'm not focusing on the person who caused the hurt. I'm causing, I, want to, I want healing to happen in the hearts of people who've been hurt from some things in scripture. God will touch your life right now in a way that you've never imagined. Some areas that maybe have been holding you back spiritually for decades. There's some people here that you've been trying to move forward in God and you've been struggling in some areas and, and you've been struggling to get your prayers answered and you don't realize that there's some areas that you are holding on to hurt and unforgiveness and offense toward other people. And you feel justified because you think of what someone else did to you and your flesh says, no, I want revenge. I want to see them hurt. I want to see the, them apologize and I'm not going to let go of it until they apologize. I'm, the spirit of God is speaking to you right now. The reason you're struggling in some areas in your spiritual life is because of that. Open your heart to the word of God. Hear what God is saying to you. And the word of God is saying to you right now. And you can be set free. And you will begin to experience the glory of God and the spirit of God in your life in ways that you have been longing for for a long time. You have been crying out for. I'm not just teaching tonight. I'm speaking by the word of the Lord. And I'm confident that God has put this message on my heart. But you will begin to experience the move of the Spirit of God in your life and in your church. There are some churches that have been held back because of hurt that congregation members are holding on to. 
God wants to release those churches right now. And some of those churches, you can step into a move of the Spirit of God if you will get the victory in this area and hear what God is saying and what Paul is writing. Now, I'm going I'm to talk to you about a couple of people in the Bible who got mistreated and got hurt. And some of them, for various reasons, I'm not going into specific reasons tonight. But I, I want to show you some people and I want to show you how the Bible taught that they should respond. The first one I want to talk about is, is Stephen. Stephen, we all know Stephen. Stephen in the book of Acts. He was stoned. Stoned to death. Now, if you talk about someone mistreating you, hey, that, that's pretty extreme. Stephen was stoned to death. He preached to them. He preached to them the love of God. He didn't do them any wrong. He didn't do something wrong to them. And yet they took up stones. The crowd was angry. And they attacked him and they stoned him to death. And while they were stoning him to death. Now, if anybody, if he had reason to get angry at them, that was a man. Now, I want to tell you, the, in, the, in Stephen's situation, it wasn't a year later that, that, that he got his heart right and he forgave these people. He forgave them while they were doing this to them. And there's no indication that they were even repentant. They were still stoning him. They, were, they didn't say, oh, no, sorry, I shouldn't have thrown that stone. They had zero repentance whatsoever. They didn't apologize to Stephen. They kept stoning him and they killed him. But while they are stoning him, Acts chapter 7, verse 60 says this. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice. He knelt down while being battered with stones to kill him. He knelt down and cried out with a loud voice. Lord. Do not charge them with this sin. He prayed for the people. He prayed forgiveness. And he said, God, don't hold this against them. And right after he said that, it says, and when he had said this, he fell asleep. In other words, he died. That was his last breath, praying for the people who killed him. Now, I know somebody else who did something very similar. Jesus. Now, if anybody knows what it is like to be mistreated and to be innocent is Jesus. I want to tell you something. The Lord identifies with your pain. The Lord knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to be mistreated. He was innocent. He didn't do a single thing wrong. He came preaching the love of God and they hated him for it. Not only did they hate him for it, but eventually they arrested him. And they brought him before Pilate. And Luke chapter 23 shows us that when Pilate examined Jesus, Pilate came to the conclusion, this man has done nothing wrong. And Pilate wanted to set Jesus free, but the crowd stirred him up and they would not have that. And Pilate gave in to the pressure and he let the crowd crucify Jesus. And they dragged Jesus through the street, humiliated him in public. Dragged him through the street. He had to carry his cross and he had to walk that route. And while doing it, the crowd was mocking him and laughing at him. While he was on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior, your Savior, experienced what it's like for people to hurt him and to lash out at him. They mocked him while he was on the cross. They didn't stand on the ground repenting and saying, oh, we should never have put him up there. They mocked him. They laughed at him. They said, ah, yes, well, if you've got a God, why doesn't he come and save you right now and get you off the cross? And he's, while dying, he listened to them mocking. They spat at him. They abused him. They teased him. 
and this is after having beaten him, that he bled, beaten with whips, punched and hit. They split up his clothes right in front of him, casting lots for who was getting his clothing while he was dying. What did Jesus do on the cross? Did Jesus sit up on the cross, not sit, but was he up on the cross saying, how dare you, God is going to get you for this? No, he didn't. He's our Lord. We follow his example. On the cross in Luke 23, Luke chapter 23, verse 34 says, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they do. He cried out for forgiveness. He prayed for the people who were mocking him publicly and shaming him and abusing him and killing him. Christianity is built on somebody who was put to death, who should never have been put to death. But he gave his life out of love. But in that experience was public humiliation by people who'd mistreated him. And he forgave them. This is powerful. This is why I started tonight's message, people. I want you to understand the Spirit of God is wants to speak to some lives today. The enemy's trying to bring division. The enemy is trying to shut down the move of the Holy Spirit in the church and the manifestation of the glory of God. He is trying to release something on this planet into the church, and it is called, it is starting to, to have results. I am seeing Christians getting angry at each other. I am seeing divisions happening in churches, not on one occasion, not in one place. I'm seeing it happening quite a lot. And there are Christians who are getting angry at each other and hurt is manifesting, and they don't realize, and they feel justified in their hurt. And please understand, when you are hurt, it's wrong. It is wrong that someone hurts someone else, especially emotionally. But if we allow those hurts, they can fester and they can create division and they can shut down the manifestation of the Spirit of God. And the histories of revivals have shown most, many revivals have been shut down by division. When arguing started happening out between the people who, who were involved in those revivals and in those churches. Some of them, the, the biggest revivals in the last few hundred years, within a hundred years of those revivals, those churches were dead with no move of the Spirit of God remaining in them because of division and splits that happened in those ministries. This is what the enemy wants to bring into the body of Christ right now. And as I said, please, I'm not talking to the world right now. I'm talking to the church. I'm sharing some things with my, from my heart that we see in the Word of God. Let's look at what 1 Peter chapter 2 says about Jesus. We're still talking about Jesus. He cried out, Father, forgive them. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 20 says this. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? A beating, a physical beating. And he says, if you've done wrong and you get punished for it, what credit is it to you if you take it patiently? But then he says this, but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. The New Testament teaches us how to respond to some things. I'm not saying it's wrong to, to call injustice injustice. If something has been done wrong, we should say that is wrong. It shouldn't happen. But the people who are having the injustice done to them, there is something the enemy wants to do in the heart. God wants to bring healing. Offense, hurt, 
can can become can fester on the inside and become bitterness. And it can shut your prayer life down. It can block you off from being led by the Holy Spirit, from hearing the Spirit of God. It can block healing taking place in your physical body when you cry out to God for healing. It can block it when you lay hands upon other people. For uh, You'll find there's no manifestation of the Spirit of God happening through you if, if you allow the enemy to do this. So I'm, 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 not, speak, I'm not speaking against anybody here. I'm speaking it's a message that can bring healing. Healing can begin to take place in some of your hearts right now as you listen to this. Spirit of God will manifest right there in your room right now. Or tonight after this message, if you get down on your knees and you begin to say, Spirit of God, I don't want, the, I don't want your move through my life being hindered. I don't want the, the glory of God through my life being stopped. And yes, I've been hurt and it's been painful. But Spirit of God, I want to release that. I want to stand before you right now and pray and I want to forgive. This is supernatural. This is not the world's way of doing it. This is the church's way of de dealing with this. And yes, let's fix the problem. So we don't want the hurts to continue. But that's, that's up to the people who are causing the wrong. They need to get some things right. But the people who have been hurt, God wants to speak to you right now. God is speaking to you. And this might be a hard message to hear. You might be tempted to hold on to that hurt and say, no, I want my hurt. See, your flesh will feed on hurt. Your flesh enjoys holding on to the hurt. My, I have a right to hold on to my hurt. And you'll sit in the corner and you'll enjoy being hurt. But God says, let it go. Let it go. And let my spirit touch your heart and bring healing to you tonight, right now. So he continues on in 1 Peter chapter 2. He says, but when you do suffer... When you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. And he continues on. He says, for to this you were called. To what? <laughs> to, to do good and suffer and take it patiently. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. That suffering that Jesus went through is an example to us. How he responded to it, how he responded to those people is an example to us. And this is supernatural. It takes a work of the supernatural love of God to enable you to do this. You can't do this in your own natural strength. But you can turn to God and say, God, I want to do that. Help me. Help me to find out what it is to, to, to have the work of the love of God come out of my heart and heal my heart and hurt, heal the hurt and transform me and set me free in areas. And it goes on in verse 23, talking about Jesus, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. He didn't give them like for like. He didn't say, you hurt me, now I'm going to speak out against you. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Now, I know the Spirit of God spoke to me to, to, and put this message on my heart tonight. I did everything I can. I tried to avoid doing this message tonight. I tried to prepare another message. I kept, I sat praying and God put this message on my heart and I pushed it to the side and I said, God, I'll do a series on that later. I don't want to do that right now. I pushed it aside and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I've spent most of the day in prayer today and praying in tongues. And the Spirit of God kept bringing this message back to my heart. 
And he says that there are people in the church who need to open their hearts up to get healed right now. Otherwise, the move of God that we're on the verge on is under threat. I don't want this put off for another generation. I want to be in the glory of God. I want the spirit of God to move through the church right now on the earth. And God is ready to. I don't want to be like the children of Israel, the generation that got passed over and God had to wait for the next generation. Let's not let the enemy shut down what God is trying to do in the church. And I trust you hear my heart. I'm not angry. I, I want to see people healed. I want to see love flowing in the body of Christ. I want to see people who've, who have hurt other people ask forgiveness. And I want to see people who have been hurt forgive. And change happen in the body of Christ. We should set the example in this area. We should not be like the, 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 the world. When the world, when the church is like the world, something's wrong. Paul said to the, to, to the Corinthian church, when there is strife and division amongst you, you are babies, you are carnal. And he said they needed to grow up. We are the body of Christ. We have his name. Now he went through it. The body of Christ, let's rise up to the standard of our Lord and Savior. Because when we do, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God will begin to manifest through us. And there's churches that have been praying for revival, that if you can get this right, you'll, you'll find yourself ready for revival. You'll take a step up. You'll take a step up. And there's two, there's two sides to something, as I said. There is the person who does the wrong, and there is the person who is wronged. So there's the person who causes an offense and there's the person who gets hurt. Now, in the world, they tell us that you can only forgive someone when they are, when they repent, when they change, when they ask forgiveness. So in other words, these two situations are connected. The person who caused the hurt and the person who is hurt, the, the world sees it that the person who got hurt can only get set free when the person who caused the hurt grovels before them. And ask forgiveness. And then the person who got hurt decides whether they want to forgive them or not. So in the, in the world, those things are connected. In the Bible, they are disconnected things. Now, ideally, you want the person who caused the hurt to change. And you want the person who got hurt to forgive and to be set free. Ideally, we want both of those to happen. But the, body, the, the Bible shows us that even if the person who caused the hurt does not repent, the person who got hurt can still get free. Forgiveness is not connected to whether they ask you for forgiveness. Forgiveness is not connected to whether they repent and whether they change. Forgiveness is a work of God, a work of the love of God in your heart where you release that thing and you say you get set free from it. It's not connected. You don't have to wait for them to apologize. This is the love of God. This is the forgiveness of God. And this is how it works. I was reminded. I'm not going to preach long tonight. I believe I'm getting this message across. But I was reminded in the, of a passage in the Old Testament of two brothers, Jacob and Esau. And I want to read you some things out of what happened between these two brothers. Because Jacob wronged his brother. He got the birthright. He deceived him. He tricked his brother. Now, I'm going to read out of Genesis 27, verse 35. And I want you to see this. What happened? There's a process that happened. But Esau, who was the one who got wronged, had to forgive. 
he had to release what Jacob did to him. But it damaged their relationship for a couple of decades. Genesis 27 and verse 35. Esau said, this is Esau. He is the one who has been wronged. He says this, is it not, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these, these two times. He took away my birthright. Esau knew that there were things that he had a right to. He was born into some things and Jacob took it away from him. Blessing that should have been Esau's. Benefits that should have been Esau's. Jacob took it away from him. Esau had a right to feel. He stole it from me. He took it from me. He took something that I should have had. He said, he has taken away my blessing. And in, and, and in chapters, uh, I, I see people are commenting. I'm going to read those in a minute. But I'm really, I, I believe the Spirit of God is speaking some things through me tonight. Genesis 27 and verse 41. It says, so Esau hated Jacob. You might think, understandably so. After what Jacob did to him, he didn't just lie to him or trick him in, in a way that caused a, a little bit of problem for a day or two. He stole his birthright. He stole what his, his privilege, what was rightly, rightfully his to have in the household. His inheritance, his blessing, all kinds of other things. He took it from him. And Esau hated Jacob as a result. And it says here that Esau said, as soon as my dad is dead, I'm going to kill Jacob. He wanted to kill his brother for what he had done to him. And I, believe me, I understand that when someone hurts you and when someone wrongs you, those kind of feelings arise. You, can, you want revenge. You want to hurt them back. You want to hurt them. You want to see them suffer for what they did. You might even want to see them dead. God wants to do a work in your heart. He wants to heal you of that. Because that is hindering you, not them. It's hindering you. Now, many decades passed. Jacob fled. Jacob left town. And Esau and Jacob didn't talk to each other. I believe it was over 20 years. And that's sad. The division that was created in that family over what Jacob did and over Esau's response to it created division between these brothers for, for over two decades. They didn't talk to each other. Sad. But eventually Jacob started coming home. He started the journey home. And as Jacob, he was the one who had done the wrong. And he was afraid. He was concerned about how Esau felt toward him. He was afraid. What's going to happen when I get home? He knew the last time he saw Esau, Esau wanted to kill him. And he was afraid. And he, he, even, he did all kinds of things. He split his group into two to make sure that if Esau killed one group, the other group survived. He, tried, he sent gifts ahead of him to try and appease his brother. All kinds of things. But, but the, night, the, the day came when they, when they were about to meet each other. And now it, Jacob had been told, your brother's on his way here with 400 men. So Jacob was afraid. He's bringing an army. He's going to have a fight. I want, you to re, I want to read you what actually happened. Exodus 33 and verse 4. When Esau saw Jacob, this is what happened. It says Esau ran to meet him. Now, Esau is the one who had been hurt. It, it, it doesn't say yet Jacob's apologized. Esau ran to meet him and embraced him. He put his arms around his brother. And he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And they wept together. And a healing took place in their relationship. 
When you read that passage, you begin to realize this. Esau had let go of that hurt a long time before. We're not even told when. He didn't forgive him right then. He had already let go of it. At some point in Esau's life, and we're not told when, he had come to the point where he had forgiven his brother. And he let go of that. And now when and reconciliation was able to happen, not not just because Esau, not just because Jacob repented, but because Esau forgave. And Esau was the one who put his arms around his brother and embraced him. Brothers and sisters, I want you to understand, as I said at the start, we're ready for a move of God on this earth. And the enemy's trying to shut it down. The enemy is afraid of what he's seen happening in the church, and he is stirring up division and strife. And some of it, people feel justified. They feel valid. They feel that I have a right to be hurt. And please understand, maybe you do. Maybe you really were hurt. I'm not, I'm not even saying maybe you were. You probably you were hurt. And that doesn't mean you hold on to it. You need to allow the Spirit of God to touch your life and to heal you in that area. You need to allow the Spirit of God to do a work in your heart. And love and forgiveness needs to come from the side of those who have been hurt, not just not, not, not just repentance from the side of those who have done the hurt. This is the Bible way. Being hurt by someone else is very painful. Having someone mistreat you is very painful. But God wants to bring healing in his body right now. We don't need division in the body of Christ. We don't need damage in the body of Christ right now. What we need is a touch of God to bring healing, to bring reconciliation, and to be an example to be an example to the world. The world should look at the body of Christ and see that we function differently to them. The world should look at the body of Christ and begin to realize they've got something we don't. We don't just follow their way of doing it. We do it the Bible way. The body of Christ needs to grow up in Samaria. What does the church need to do right now? I believe the church needs to grow up in these areas. We need division is carnal. Strife, it's carnal. We need to begin to grow up into the image, the mature man of Christ, that is going to be the glory, glorious church, the glory-filled church that Jesus is coming back for. And in order to grow up, we've got to grow up in the love walk. And the love walk is often the thing that the person who has the harm done to them has to do. When you have done, you respond to them with the love of God. And yes, we want everybody in the body of Christ treating each other with love. Okay? But forgiveness has to often come from the person who was hurt and was wronged. We need to recognize that love needs to flow between the body of Christ right now. Let's not let that strife in. Recognize it for what it is. It is a, it is a strategy of the enemy. And we need to stop it right now. This is the word of God to the church right now. We need to stop that. Put a stop to it. Do not be a vessel that is allowing that to fester and become a problem between brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't, you, don't have, you don't have to wait for them to apologize. You need to forgive. And we will trust God that they will sort themselves out too. That needs to happen as well. I'm not saying that doesn't need to happen. Okay? But this, the message that God put on my heart tonight wasn't to the ones who've caused offense. It's to the people who have been hurt. And that could have happened in many different ways. Okay? Some of you, many years ago in your life, someone might have hurt you. In the body of Christ, we don't dig up what happened 20, 30 years ago. The world does that. Church, we forgive. Allow God to set you free and release you tonight, today. We need to recognize the danger of division and what it can do. We need to shut it down. And let's begin to have a body of Christ filled with the love of God. I trust that that you hear my heart in this message tonight. 
and hear that this is the Spirit of God speaking to some people. And I do see some of the comments. And thank you for some of those comments and support. People are recognizing that this needs to be said. But God is God can bring some healing. And I, I want to encourage people right now. I'm going to pray right now. And I want to encourage people to pray with me. And, I, and some of you might need to take that initial step right now. And if, if you're by yourself, that's probably the best place to do it. But to, to, to release some things. And let's take a step to respond to this message tonight. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what your word has shown us tonight. Lord, I thank you that the message of the word of God is a message that those who have been hurt need to forgive and love those who have hurt them. That is the example that our Lord Jesus Christ laid before us. That is what he did. And others in the, in the Bible have done that. And Heavenly Father, right now, I, I, each one of us I make that decision. I release people who have hurt me. I'm not going to hold on to hurt anymore. I'm not going to hold on to what someone did to me 20 years ago. I'm not going to hold on to what someone did to me yesterday. I release them. I forgive them. And I, 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 I release those people right now. And I thank you, Father God, that as I take that decision, I ask that the supernatural love of God will come in right now. And I pray, I believe the Spirit of God is going to touch some people right now, right where you sit and kneel and stand as you listen to this message. And a work of healing is going to take place in some people's hearts that is going to transform your life, put you on a new level with God, bring you into some new things, take you into some blessings that you've been struggling to get into. So make this decision and respond, and you'll find that the days ahead, God, God's going to bless you. God will take care of you. You might feel that someone else has stopped you getting where you should be. I want to tell you this right now. God can promote you and move you beyond that person. God can take you up a level. God can move you into greater blessing. Don't, don't focus on the fact that someone else stole your blessing. Focus on the fact that God is the blesser. He is the judge. He brings promotion. And he will put you in some positions that are going to be positions of influence and power. If you will respond to what the Spirit of God is directing you to do right now. And I'm speaking that out by the Spirit of God tonight to some people. Some of you, if you will do this, if you will humble yourself and you will release and forgive the people who have hurt you. You're going to find God's going to promote you. God's going to bring you into a place of influence in your jobs, in your families, in your communities, in a way that no, no law, no regulation could do that. Only God can do it. But you're going to see some things change. And God's going to bring his church, his body, his people into positions of prominence. And it's going to be because the Lord did it. Amen. So bless you. And I trust that some people have received from this tonight. This is a word from God. And I want to encourage you to share this message. There's going to be people who don't like this message. There's going to be people who are going to say, no, 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 no. We want to hold on to our hurt. But there are some people I believe are going to get touched by this. And God's going to bring some release. That's, the, that's what I have on my heart right now. Release and breakthrough into some bigger, thing, big, bigger things and better areas. As we do things the way the word says. Remember Paul said, Paul said to the Corinthians, this is a test on you. This isn't a test on the person who hurt you. This is a test on you. It's a test your obedience to God. If you pass that test, God, God can take you into some better things. So I'm not going to ramble on and on. I believe I've said what I need to say.
And thank God that this word is going to go out and touch people's lives. So God bless you. And I love you all. I love, the, I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I thank God for all of you. And I thank God that the body of Christ, we're going to walk in that revival. That revival's coming, people. Get ready for it. The glory of God's about to manifest in the body of Christ. We're right on the verge. Amen. Bless you.